Welcome to the latest episode of Be Attento. I'm Jesse Ulrich, CEO of Ran Productions and editor of this podcast. The Be Attento podcast offers helpful tips and stories from some of today's most successful entrepreneurs and investors, and is brought to you by Attento Capital, a Tulsa-based venture fund focused on driving returns through early-stage venture investment in local economic development and job creation. Attento stands for helpful, careful, thoughtful, conscientious, and polite as Atento Capital seeks to embody these characteristics to all of its stakeholders. In today's episode, Sean and Aaron speak with Malachi Blankenship, the Venture Advisor and Director of Business Development for I2E. Welcome to another edition of the Be Atento Podcast. My name is Aaron Wiggum, Program Director at Atento Capital. And we have a wonderful guest today that we are so excited to actually spend some time with. We've heard a lot about his wonderful work and we spent some time just getting to know each other. And I think that you are in for a treat today as we bring to you none other than Malachi Blankenship. Malachi, welcome to the show. Thanks, Aaron. Uh, Really excited to be here. Long time listener, first time guest. (laughs) But uh no, really excited to be here. I've listened to y'all's podcast and, and I appreciate all that you're doing, not only on the podcast, but what Atento is doing. And it's just an honor to get to spend some time with you and, and hopefully provide some value to uh, your audience. Absolutely. Absolutely. So let's dig right into this. What is the Malachi Blankenship story? You can start from childhood experiences up through now. Sure. Quick story of it is, is always, you know, been a, a sports guy growing up. I grew up in a faith-based family, sports-based family. And so learn quickly the importance of a strong character and also a strong self-motivation and drive and competitiveness. Uh, and that carried through into college. I ended up going to, uh, to the University of Tulsa for uh, athletics, played football there. And I uh, realized pretty early on that I wasn't going to be as big and bad as some of the other guys and make it to the league. And I started focusing my, my efforts and time into the business world and enjoyed the entrepreneurship space, enjoyed the business space, tried out financing and marketing and everything and ended up getting a degree and long short short took that and I went and got my MBA from the university as well. Mm-hmm. During that time, it was really eye-opening to me that when I was at my MBA class, I remember people wanted to be there. And that was kind of a unique thing, right? Because as an athlete, you go to university and you kind of have to be at school, right? Right. Uh, and then I was in the MBA program. Everybody wanted to be there and they just, they just helped me learn so much and just being around them. And uh, so through that, I had a bunch of like different ideas back and forth of, of always kind of wanted to change things and innovate things. And, but my dream job back then and it's changed over time was to be an athletic director uh, because a lot of my family was coaches uh, in, the, in the football world. And I like the business side. So just perfect mix, right? Coaching yep. and business. Uh, so I stepped in that world and had a great opportunity to work underneath uh, an athletic director over at the University of Tulsa. And once I graduated, I spent a little bit of time as an assistant athletic director of marketing there mm-hmm. uh, and great things I to say for the University of Tulsa, but ultimately just wasn't a good fit for me. I wanted to um, break things and, and innovate, right? Yeah. And, uh, and there's a lot of red tape in academia. And a friend of mine came to me with an idea that I thought was, uh, had some legs to it. Uh, and he was working on standing up a prototype for it. And uh, I said, let me take a crack at it, you know, and, and we worked nights and weekends and I had a CTO on board and. We created a, an MVP that we thought was pretty cool for this geotourism platform. And we took the leap, took the leap of faith, quit my job, 
help help raise funds for that and in Tulsa about four or five years ago now and and uh, took that company right to revenue, pivoted several times and ultimately failed with that company. We didn't make it, which I think is a good part of my story. And then through that, I too had offered me a position to come on as a venture advisor and to come and help with deal flow and, and do all the things that we can get into later, what I do at I2E. But I think throughout my my story of what, what brought me here is that my dad, I always give credit to my dad. He always taught me to pursue excellence and not just success. Yeah. So I don't just look to you know be successful. I look to you know just be the best I can be at, yeah. at, at different things. So it's a little of my story. Yeah, well, that's wonderful, man. That's you know it, it's interesting when you, you what your dad taught you is so powerful. Is that a lot of times we look at excellence and perfection as if they're the same thing, whereas excellence is your best where perfection would be the best. Right. Right. And so like just teaching you to be the, the, the value of being your best, no matter what that pans out in other people's space is just so rewarding and it takes a level of focus and dedication. And so that's a huge principle that you were taught there. What led you to this time and space? Like how, how, how did that connect to you to where you are right now? Yeah. Good question. So I mentioned I got you know the offer to, to move on with I2E and that was about three years ago mm-hmm. uh, and been with them for three years. When I first took the job, and I'd even tell uh, my bosses that that I thought I was just going to do it for a little bit until I started my next startup. Yeah. Right, uh, that was kind of my mindset. And then I learned the the venture capital space mm-hmm. uh, and you know was able to use my experience on the MBA and other areas uh, to be able to help entrepreneurs not only. You know, because I'd started a business and had worked with a lot of businesses through One Million Cups and other areas uh, where I'd uh, been helping in the community, mm-hmm. uh, and I realized that this was just a place where you could you you could really provide a lot of value to individuals um, and help them in areas that um, that maybe uh, I didn't get help with in in, in different spots and, yeah. and wanted to try to do that for others. Uh, and also, I think it's just a lot of fun. Uh, there's a lot of it's a very fast moving type of job. You're always meeting new people. Like we say, every day is literally different. And that's fun for me. Some, for some people, that's not. Or that's nerve wracking, right? But for me, that's a lot of fun. I get really empowered by getting to talk with amazing individuals all the time and getting to hear crazy ideas or really unique, innovative companies or strategies. And, and so uh, I've been motivated to, to stay here with I2E and, and be a part of what they're doing. And, and, and I2E has also empowered me to, to think outside the box of what's next what does venture capital look like not now but five years from now and so i've been working with them on those things and over the last you know several years i've been a part of leading some of the biggest investments we made in, in i2e history and also um proud to say like i've also helped make some of the smallest investments into yeah. you know some very minimal investments but just good investments and then the little companies that help them get going and so um kind of ranging the, the, the full spectrum but I would say what's led me to this moment in time is that I really like the being here in the, the city of Tulsa. Uh, I got family here, church and in other areas. And I really like there's a ministry that I, that I do a lot of work with as well that's here locally. And it's just been a good fit for me. I love the energy here and love the collaborative uh, spirit here in Tulsa. Yeah, absolutely. What, what, so tell, tell our listeners a little bit about I2E, what are some of the guiding principles? What are some of the, uh, what's the North Star for I2E? Like, and, and a little bit about the foundation. Where did, what started it and, and, and what guides it to where it is? Yeah. So ultimately, I2E seeks to invest into entrepreneurs to help them be successful here in Oklahoma. And so investing can mean, you know, several things, right? It doesn't always mean capital. Right. Uh, sometimes investing our time or resources workshops in those areas. Ultimately, I2E started 20 plus years ago and as an initiative from the state to 
to try to help companies get up and going, right? It was really kind of uh, unique for the time. Mm-hmm. And it started more on the advisory side, giving people advice and a little bit of capital. And then to meet the need in the in the community and in the Oklahoma ecosystem about 10 years ago, it switched from, it kind of started becoming more capital and and still keeping the advisory stuff. And now and now it's, you know, significantly more capital. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then also keeping all of the advisory and resources that, that we can for, for Oklahoma entrepreneurs. So currently to date, we have over 90 million under management mm. uh, and we you know have five different funds that we invest from. And we have multiple different programs that we do. And we have our, our E3 series, which is a great, you know, book, a little, little boot camp slash workshop for entrepreneurs to, to help them to redefine or to reassess their customer market and, and really understand their go-to-market strategy and some customer discovery. That's really helpful for every stage of entrepreneurs. Mm-hmm. We also have uh, Love's Cup, which we run every year, sponsored by Love's Travel Stop. And that's a, a program that we do for college students to get them through their business plan. And, and we actually uh, give them cash prizes for it. Really, really great. You see a lot of innovative companies out of there and, and it's still great to see, you know, our next generation of entrepreneurs. We also have Act Tulsa, uh, mm-hmm. which we can talk about here in a little bit that we uh, recently launched, which is a startup accelerator for underestimated founders here in Tulsa. And we're giving them uh, 70K of non-dilutive capital to advance their, their company, mm-hmm. move them along. We have our venture advisory services come alongside of companies as well and, and help them with commercialization and assisting them for investment. Mm-hmm. Uh, so a lot of lot we do a lot. But, yeah, uh, yeah. Uh, we can we can dig in where you want. Yeah, you have a pretty pretty broad reach here. And so, what keeps you engaged in this work? Like we're like rattling them off. What keeps you engaged in this work? And how do you see I2E's position in this Tulsa ecosystem? Is it kind of the utter? Is it kind of, of a steering wheel? Where, where where do you kind of see I2E's position in the ecosystem? Yeah. Ultimately, what keeps me going is I mean, every day, like I mentioned, it's people, right? It's you know, given that value. It's it's being empowered by the individuals I talk to and being able to help different different companies and kind of meeting them where they're at and yeah. trying to find the right solution. Really enjoy that. And then where do we see you know I2E and the Tulsa ecosystem is uh, we're, we always preach that or I always preach that collaboration fuels acceleration. Mm-hmm. Uh, and and what I mean by that is we always want to be working with our partners um, because Oklahoma as as a whole. We have a lot to be able, we, we have a, a big task ahead of us to compete with some of the other ecosystems out there. And I think it's very doable and we're doing you know, a great job here in the Midwest and really high energy and, and everything there. But at the same time, we want to make sure that we're working with our partners. And so we make every effort to do so. We actually, in all of our investing that we do, we require a 50% uh, co-investment. So what we only we will only lead half of the round, which makes us be intentional on bringing other investors onto the table, uh, whether that's high net worth individuals or other venture companies like Atento or other family offices or or partners even even outside of Oklahoma bringing them into the deal, which forces us to be more collaborative and forces us to be we don't like to be this senior way we like to help bring people together mm-hmm. yeah that makes sense yeah makes perfect sense so let's get into this uh act Tulsa yeah. and and the the this I don't know if you want to call it a merger or a, a joint venture or how, how you all yeah. phrased it but let's talk about what that actually means in this space and what brought it about what was the impetus yeah absolutely so 
First of all, if I say that, I want to get you, you know, plugged in with, and can't wait to with Dominic? have you, Dominic. On oh, we and, met a million and, times. And, you no, know, we have him, have him on here. So oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. We, we'll we got him, him here. We, we got him. We're ready for him. Yeah, he, yeah. He'll, he'll talk about it a lot better than, than I will. But so mm-hmm. make sure you put that subscribe button to the <laughs> podcast, everybody. <laughs> That's coming up. But anyway, so how Act Tulsa started is actually back in uh, 2019, talking with Scott Meacham, our, our CEO. We're talking about, you know, ways to like, what are the gaps in Oklahoma, right? Mm-hmm. And one of the things that, that I was talking about with him was there's a significant disparity and discrepancy for underestimated founders, black and brown founders here in Oklahoma, not being, not being funded. Mm-hmm. And then the other thing that was very eye-opening too was the lack of representation of people of color in the venture capital world. Yeah. And so there's two things that we set out with, like, okay, how can we how can we invest in more black and, brown, black and brown founders, but also do that not from not from the standpoint of okay, we just want to do that to make you know kind of ourselves feel better, but actually set it up in a way that where where it's not about us anymore, and we're just give basically give the landscape or give the the football to somebody else to run, right? And had that mindset, and and through it, we saw that there needed to be two phases. One, the first phase needed to be to help with the quality of deal flow and help the companies on the early stage, even before investing mm-hmm. um, with an accelerator program. Uh, and then the second stage was, was a fund that was majority led and owned by, by minorities. And so went out to, to do that and, and actually met Dominic, who you'll I'm sure have on later in 2019 through good conversations throughout the throughout 2020, we formed a joint venture and combined with the act house, which has, a great track record of an incubation and accelerator model and hitting on Dominic's expertise and then combining that with our venture management experience and our programmatic experience with mm-hmm. E3 and other things. We created an accelerator program that was very unique and tried to be very intentional on helping entrepreneurs where they're at and not just giving them program programmatics for programmatic sake, but actually trying to come alongside of them and empower them and I say try to superpower their company, right? To where they don't have to just like, they have somebody else that can basically help them in their company yeah. during these times during Accelerator to, to get them to that next level. And our, our whole goal was uh, to do that. And then the thing that makes it unique is the, that mentioned is the non-equity piece is we felt like it was very counter, very counter to our mission, which our mission is to, you know, to help raise the equity bar and, and ownership of, of black and brown founders if we were to be taking ownership at the lowest valuation yeah. that the companies would ever be at. Yeah, makes sense. Um, and, and so we we worked hard to create a structure where we were, we wouldn't take ownership and we would give them a, a 0% interest, non-equity concept award to help them with their company and move forward and get them to that next inflection point. Yeah, sounds good. And so let's talk about, you talked about collaboration a little while ago and and let's talk about the collaboration and and some of the joint ventures that you've done with between uh, I2E, Atento and Cortado maybe some other players throughout the state. What are some things that you all you've been collaborative on and maybe some successes you can hang your sure. hang your hat on? Yeah, I mean I think from a collaborative standpoint I think it, it's it's kind of like a investing is a lot like marriage, right? Sometimes if people say that, right? And that like when you're if you're if you get onto the cap table with somebody, whether it's a, a founder or whether it's you know another investor, you're kind of like getting in the bed with them, right? So right. you want to want to get to know them a little bit. And we felt like we have been able to do that over time. Both of the 
VC firms that you mentioned are, are relatively new, but we actually are already on, on the cap table with both of those in different uh, investments, which is a testament to the collaborative spirit here in Tulsa and here in Oklahoma. Ultimately, I think over time, as we as we continue to develop those partnerships and those relationships, I think more of those things will will come about. Nothing really to, to hang the hat on yet because it's every both of things are so new. Right. If there was, we 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 all be very lucky, right? Because yeah. You usually don't get any things to hang your hat on in the, the first year, but we're excited about the potential partnerships there. As I mentioned at the beginning, we we are intentional and and, and only leading half the round, so we have set up set ourselves up perfectly for other other players to, to, yeah. to come on and 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 to collaborate with. And so we're excited to see what it is, and I think that's great also for the founders here in Oklahoma to have the more options and more investors that are. That are willing to be on their on their cap table and talk with them, and and uh, great reason for people to come to Oklahoma because of the all the capital that's available here. Let me ask you this: How does it feel being raised here since eleven? How does it feel to see your city kind of coming alive now, and this change that has happened, the buzz that's in the air, the like all of the new people that are coming? You got Tulsa Remote, you got Tulsa Innovation Labs, you got Tulsa Respond, you got you got all these different things that are happening and, and kind of uh, really catalytic, right, for this region. How does that feel? How, what, 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 are, sure. what are your thoughts? Are you worried about traffic? What are some of the prevailing thoughts and feelings? Yeah. Uh, and this might be a, a a weird response, but I would say my thoughts are that it's it's normal. That makes sense, and I think it's probably because of the timing of where when I came out into the you know the Tulsa after I graduated. But like it seems normal that there's new things happening all the time. I see. And when I was in you know middle school, high school, all, all I was about was getting to my practices and, right. and hanging out at my buddies' homes. Right? Like, yeah. It didn't really venture out much, much outside of that. But, and then in college, being a student athlete was, was practicing all the time. And yeah. if not, you're sleeping. <laughs> so after, you know, coming out of, uh, out of undergrad and grad, I've just seen change in, in that energy all the time. Yeah. And I think you can kind of become acc- accustomed to it. And, and it's not until you go to other cities, you talk to people from different cities that you realize how blessed we are here in mm-hmm. Tulsa to have that type of energy and that type of innovation. I'd say it kind of, it's weird, but it's, it feels normal to me. Yeah. And, and, but to me that that's a reason to stay here because I always say that one of the things that I saw here in Tulsa was the ability to make a difference in, in a big city or having to know all the, the big people, or whatever, you know, I can, yeah. I couldn't go to a lot of cities and, and instantly be able to like meet up and talk to the mayor. Right. Mm-hmm. But like you can do that here. Like yep. it's like, that's, that's not normal, yeah. right? But here it is normal. It is normal. Uh, and, and that's what I like about it. I see what you mean. Yeah. One of the things I really enjoy working, or enjoy about working with you is that you have a background as a, as a founder. And I was hoping you could touch on how has being a, a previous founder really influenced the way you sort of invest and how has it, how has it really impacted the way that you, you go about being an investor at I2E? Yeah. I mean, it, it changes everything. And the reason why is because when I'm sitting across somebody, I, I, I understand as I understand that I probably don't understand everything that they're going through and acknowledging that to them is that like, I know when I was a founder, there were so many things going on in my head that I'm trying to make work and make happen. And there's so many things that you just can't quite explain to somebody that you're trying to get to invest in you there. Right. And so I'm able to help work that work through those things with founders be like hey I, you don't want to ever say like i get it because like even though i was a founder 
doesn't mean I totally understand their situation, right? They right. could have so many different issues going on, but it just helps me be more whole and, and, and be more human and, and talking to them and understanding, you know, empathetic uh, going. Yeah. Yeah. And also help helps me to get out in front of potential blind spots that they might see that they may not have thought about yet for my couple of years of, of being a founder and, and, and working in the Oklahoma, Oklahoma ecosystem. So, yeah. And, and also I think one of the big things is, is how important team is in the hiring process. You know, oftentimes with founders, if you're a bright individual, you think you got it right. But like it, everything can go sideways if you don't have the right team on, right? Or if you don't know how to work with your team. And so just the little things that we did with our team, I felt like were really good that we learned on the process. We actually, when I was at Utown, we, we had two very unique hires and like one of our, one of our interns was, was plus, plus 65. Is a 65 year old intern. Wow! And then also an intern too that was was new to new to town. Didn't really speak the language that much, but but knew how to code and, and do things. So there's like very unique things that I was able to learn from how to build a team and work with very you know bit wide range of individuals. And so because of that, I can get with people and kind of get to the level and be like, hey, like I I get it that I that I don't get it. Yeah. The um. So can you talk a little bit more about what it was like? being a founder in Tulsa all those years ago and and then now talk about and then talk about what it's like to be a founder today in Tulsa like sort of compare and contrast it too sure yeah it's interesting so we actually did raise funds while we were here and it wasn't through even direct to actually it was we got kind of through more angels And, and I think the reality is there's there's capital out there there was capital out there it was kind of hard to get now it's there's more resources to help you to get it or to help see what it is, which, which I think is great for founders. I think there's also a good community of founders, which is which is really cool. I think five plus years ago when I was starting out, it, it wasn't really many people to talk to, right? Yeah. It was like, I learned almost everything on YouTube, right? <laughs> I wasn't able to go you know, over to 36 degrees north and, yeah, and right. kick it with somebody. Right? And like, uh, or commiserate. Right. Yeah. Uh, so I think that is the thing that I'm most excited about for this generation of founders and, and uh, the people that are innovating right now is that they have so many people to bounce ideas off of. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And that, and I'm excited from a, from an investor standpoint, because that makes the ideas that much better and more longer lasting. So. Absolutely. One of the questions that Aaron and I are always really interested in, in hearing answers to is what do you think about this sort of alignment across organizations in Tulsa that are focused on really developing the tech ecosystem here, Atento, I2E, um, 36 Degrees North, Tulsa Innovation Labs. Can you, can you touch on that, that alignment across organizations and sort of how we're all sort of working together to really create a, a really diverse and welcoming tech ecosystem here in Tulsa? Yeah, I mean, I think, it's, I think it's powerful. I mean, I think that is such a different aspect than than. That's not normal in most ecosystems. Yeah. In most places you go, it's like, you don't step on my turf kind of thing, right? right? And here it's like, we're all going at it together. And, and I, think, I think a lot of that is based on the individuals and the humility that everyone has and, and kind of like this, we've all kind of bought into that collaboration fuels acceleration mantra. And I think my biggest thing for that is that is such a differentiating factor uh, for founders or partners that are looking at the system to see like, wow, they they really got it all together and they got some really cool pieces together and not, not even just in Tulsa, but in Oklahoma as a whole on how we're, we're working with OKC and also even the rural communities like Stillwater and, and Ada and stuff happened in Tahlequah and we're even, you know, working with partners over in Bentonville and 
uh, and even Kansas City and, yeah. and Dallas, and it's and it's just kind of expanding out, right? Yeah. So I think there's a lot of there's a lot of hype around it because <laughs> like we're we're always talking about it. Uh, yeah. But I think it's no better time for founders to be here than right now because there's so much that they can access and they have a, a really a strong community around them. And, and it's not often that there's a community even within the the partners. Yeah. So. I have a two-part question, yeah. which is quasi-related. All right, what does I2E look for in in their investment portfolio, like people they're mm-hmm. they're looking at? And then, what are some of the? Tell us about a deal that you work that you had to call your buddies and say, "Hey, I just finished this deal, and you're not going to believe." You don't have to give <laughs> us any details, but a, 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 a deal that kind of blew your hair back a little bit. Yeah. Well, I'll say first off on the, like, what do we look at? What do we look for on the investment piece is that we're a generalist. Ultimately, we look at like in, in, in Oklahoma and in, in the West, we're, we're just looking for quality deals that, that have high growth, scalable opportunities. Primarily, if you look at our portfolio, there's a lot on the IT, SaaS technology, mainly even in the, the bioscience side, life sciences side. We have a strong portfolio there. But ultimately, we're looking for a strong founder that has a company that she or he can can take and, and turn into a great return on our investment, right? Okay. And we have different skill sets that we we try to uh, hone in on. But one of the things, and I've said this before too, is that we don't dive into a specific. You know, we're not we're not trying to be industry experts on anything specifically. Yeah. Um, we're we're trying just to connect uh, with the right strategic partners to to help that company grow. Um, and then. The, the second part of your question. Yeah, a deal that kind of just blew yeah, your hair. Deal. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah I'll, I'll go give her a shout out. So uh, Paige Johnson with uh, 109 Technologies um, here in town. Uh, shout out to Paige. Yeah, shout out to Paige. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. Uh, Paige is awesome. She's a rock star. And uh, she's leading 109 Technologies, which is a, an additive battery company so they created a an additive and i'm going to butcher the science on this because it's been a, a year or two since no I've, worries i've uh, looked at it page would be a good one to highlight so what they can do is they can uh, make batteries like you know 12x or, or 10x you know longer lasting higher capacity more power and can the the future with with 10.9 is that you're going to be able to create a lot of iot and even you know different devices that don't even exist today because of the energy profile that the 109 batteries are able to produce mm. and the flexibility and, and the power capacity and the long lasting elements that they have in their additive, there's going to be a whole new realm of just engineering, electrical engineering and, and new products that come out because of that. And she's working with the, the biggest battery companies in the world that you would know, but uh, she's just really big rock star. And it's one of those, those companies that you're like that, that's a company that's going to change the world. Tulsa. And it's based in Tulsa. Wow. Uh, and so it's, it's really cool to, to work with founders like that all the time. And yeah, I'm really excited what Paige is doing and wish her the best. And, and I look forward to seeing what's next for them. What's the name of the company again? 10.9 Technologies. And 10.9 is like, it's a symbol for nano, I think. So oh, I see. Means, yeah. Wow. So tell us a little bit about how you're sort of envisioning Tulsa's tech ecosystem evolving over the next few years. What do you think Tulsa is going to be like as a tech ecosystem in, let's say, 2025? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, I think what I'm what I'm most excited for is just increase conversations with founders, right? And yeah. I think the it's cool because the, the community here keeps growing exponentially. Like 
almost every day. Yeah. And you're just like, <laughs> you're bumping into founders and whatnot. And I think that's what was the one thing that's, if you study tech ecosystems where that like, you get to like a critical mass where it's normal to overhear people in the coffee shop talking about yeah. different, you know. Their startup or. Yeah, their yeah. startup or or the language that they're using or they're using Azure or AWS or mm-hmm. all these different, like some of the the minor like nitty gritty things. And, and when that becomes commonplace, that's where I think you're going to see that in, in a few years Yeah, is especially here downtown. I think you're already kind of seeing that, Yeah, that you're, and then, and that's where even more ideas spring from, because then you have individuals that, that may not have met, may not have ever sought each other out, but they're just have those natural collisions and are able to create something even more powerful as a result. And so I think you're going to see a lot more of the same, it's at high energy. And I just think you're going to see more of it. There's really good, uh, you know, backbone to, to everything. There's, there's strong capital here. There's strong resource partners and corporate partners are, are coming along too. And I think you'll see more of that, which is, which what signifies a, a strong tech ecosystem as well. That's super exciting. I love how you brought up this, uh, the concept of the language is sort of going to change. Folks mm-hmm. are going to be starting to talk about their startups and, and other technology related things. Like, yeah. I love that, you know, we always talk about community on this podcast. And, and I think that's a really important thing is like, you know, just the language of the community and, and it's going to evolve in Tulsa and, and it's going to be awesome walking yeah. into a coffee shop or a restaurant one day and hearing about folks t- talking about their startup. And then that's when I bring out my business card and, and, and <laughs> right. let's, let's, let's talk. Yeah. I think, <laughs> I think I heard a friend of mine talking, she was in California and that like they're like when, when she was in the Bay Area during pre-COVID, saying you're part of a startup, like people get excited about it. And then, but like in some areas, like in the Midwest, it was like, if you would say that, they're like, be like, oh, I'm sorry for you. Did you lose your job? Yeah. You know? yeah. Is yeah. that why you're doing that? And and I think that that whole mindset too is switching here to where when people hear like, you're going to start, they're like, wow, that's awesome. Like, like there's some of the coolest people I know are doing startups and being really successful and doing so. Uh, and so, yeah, that whole kind of attitude, not only at the founder level and that tech ecosystem, but I think you're going to see the cultural change within you know, the city as well. Absolutely. Absolutely. I love that. What was a time or, or a decision you had to make and uh, you felt God kind of move you in that moment one way or the other uh, to stay, to go, to put in, you know, and how does your faith play a role in your investment strategy? Yeah. I like the question. So answer the first part of it is that. Right out of MBA, I had an opportunity to go in and work for an athletic director at at University of Central Florida, and and ultimately just didn't really like the didn't really want to leave this this kind of this high energy ecosystem, right? And and some of the the really special things that we're doing, not only on the on the the One Hope Tulsa side, which is that nonprofit I'm a part of on the ministry side, but just that 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 vibe here and that ecosystem, that community that was built up, and I felt like the you know the Lord helped me to make the right decision there and ultimately stay here found my, found my wife got, got got married that was a huge that was, so that's a huge one there you obtained uh, your favor huh? yeah absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> uh, tenfold for sure yeah. more, more than that but and then you know i think faith faith can um can impact a lot of things but i think ultimately what what it helps me to do is to see the bigger picture and to not just to not just be thinking short term, but also thinking long term and also trying to think the best of people. And I think a lot of times in the venture world, like you can, you can get pretty upset that people done to certain things, whatever. And I think the Lord helps me to think about, okay, what, what else are they going through? Right. 
and, and try to be more human. Kind of like I mentioned about the, the founder level. And, yeah. and sometimes you'd be surprised, like if you actually like, ask people how they're doing or like actually like dig in and, mm-hmm. like, and talk to them and be real. There's a lot going on. And I think that helps me be a, a better investor, helps me be a better person. And ultimately, hopefully I can like, get more value to people by just acknowledging and trying to be real with them and, and, and letting them know that like, I'm not the perfect person either. Right. Yeah. That I have struggles and, and I'm not the sharpest on, on, on all things, but uh, hopefully that type of being genuine to them is helpful. If you can go back in time and give, you know, first time founder Malachi mm-hmm. a piece of advice. Yeah. You know, what advice would you give yourself when you were, you know, that, that first time founder first starting your business? Tell us a little bit more about that. Man, that's a, that's a great question. And uh, I don't know what exactly it would be, but I, I do know that like somebody asked me like, would you do anything different? Like, and I was like, I'd do like everything different. <laughs> like, I know so much more now than yeah. I did, even though I thought I knew enough then. Yeah. Um, and I think I would just reemphasize to myself that like, make sure that you know that you don't know everything. Yeah. And make sure that you know that like you need to get people in your life quickly that can help you in, in different areas. And, and then I would say, you know, to that thing, that real piece that we're talking about on the face side, that is that yep. like the more real you can be like, and the more authentic, like the further you're going to go in, in different areas, because you know, when, when, if you're just faking it, like you're, you're only going to go so far, right? Like you can only bluff a, a hold on hand so far, right? But yeah. the other person's has a better hand than you can't bluff them out of it. Right. So I think you want to be real and and be authentic. And and that's something I would tell myself and, and also just like enjoy it. I did for the most part, but also like I always tell college students or or young founders that I meet like, man, are you doing what you love? You know, it's like, are you, are you really excited? Like what, what excites you right now? And like double down on that. Mm -hmm. And uh, I always talk about like, instead of just work life balance, I talk about just like life, like, like you should be just living life. Right. And we all have, I don't know how long we, we have and making sure that you're taking advantage of the moments you have and, and really trying to have fun with it because it can be fun to have like all night coding sessions, but it can also, you know, be a pain and you say, you have to, yeah, you know, compare, balance, compare those two balance. and balance them out yeah. and yeah. all that. So absolutely. That, those are great pieces of advice. Yeah. Excellent pieces of advice. Can you tell us how we can get a hold of you? What's the best way for folks to reach you? Maybe Instagram, Facebook, email address. Yeah. yeah. That's it. Uh, I usually tell people I'm really, I'm really trying to keep people on LinkedIn. Uh, I do LinkedIn. I'm, I, I, occasionally I'll do Twitter. That's a whole man. You he said get, that was so much so guilt. You said, I, I mean, occasionally, you, <laughs> yeah, know. you, you can get looped down in there, but yeah, LinkedIn hundred percent, you know, I think I'm a, one, if not the only Malachi Blankenship out there, if you spell my name right. So hit me up on there. Uh, always give me like a good, intro to who you are too uh, yeah. more, more likely for me to be able to accept and, and, and connect and engage uh, and then you know go to i2e.org is uh, is our our website there's an inquiry form too if you're a company that's interested in, in funding or or any of the resources that i mentioned you know we can connect that way and you'll mention my name too on that we can uh, make sure we get plugged in uh, at tulsa.com is another one mm-hmm. um act uh, then tulsa uh, dot com and there's application portal there for uh our accelerator program so lots of ways to get plugged in and then uh come downtown yeah look for me at a coffee shop or you know food truck wednesday <laughs> you know whatever on, so, on the boosted board yeah yeah 
going around on my longboard. Flag me down. There you go. <laughs> Happy nice. chat. Nice. Well, this has been a pleasure. Uh, I know you got to run. And so we thank you for your time. This has been absolutely wonderful. No, thank you, and, guys. And I would love to bring you back once, you know, everything gets going and uh, we get a little bit more traction here. Yeah, yeah. Love to bring you back. And you and Dominic can tag team. Yeah, we'll uh, have to introduce you to all our team. That'd it's, be awesome. It's, uh, it's exciting. And that's, that's the one thing that, that, that I make sure I want to emphasize, too, is that I'm only who I am because of the people that are around me. Uh-huh. And, and I got some really powerful people around me. And, and it's so thrilled by all that they're doing. Uh, uh, from you know, Mission Dominic, uh, Tilly Mayberry, who just uh, joined us as yeah. well, Mark Longer over in the Tulsa I2E office, uh-huh. uh, Jordan McNair, who you'll probably meet here too. Um, a lot of good people yeah. uh, around what we do. So wonderful. Yeah. yeah. This has been Thank great. Thank you guys. Thanks Thank you, Malachi. Okay. Yeah. All right. Cheers. Thank you, everyone, for tuning in to the Be Attento podcast. You can find this podcast anywhere podcasts can be found. And make sure to subscribe or follow and leave us a review on Apple Podcasts. Don't forget to follow Atento Capital across all social media platforms. And we look forward to speaking with you all again on the next episode of Be Atento. Be Atento.